Hello, welcome to Human Tech, a podcast about the intersection between humans and technology. My name is Guthrie. I'm here with Susan. Hello, Susan. Hello. And uh, with us, we have a very special guest today, uh, Mona Patel, founder and CEO of Motivate Design and UX Hires, as well as the author of a couple interesting books. There's Reframe and The Thing About Swings. Hello, Mona. Hi. Yeah, Mona, um, as usual, you know, Mona can't just have like one company or one title or one book. <laughs> you know, this is very Mona-ish. Oh, I'll really? Yeah, I, yeah, it is. I mean, I, I know it's, Mona for a little while. Yeah, so I don't know. Really, I don't know Mona that well. You know Mona infinitely times more than I do. So, yeah. it, I bet you Mona even knows herself even better than either. Of I, I think Susan and I might know each other the same. Actually, <laughs> really well. <laughs> Things even I don't know, she knows. Uh, so you want to go in reverse order? So you want to tell us about the thing about swings first, and we'll work our way backwards. Yeah, I like that. What the heck is the thing about swings? It is um, a story about design thinking that I told my kids to help them understand what I do. So there's an elephant named Ava. Uh, she loves to play and she sees a swing, like a playground, and she really wants to go on the swing. So she runs to the swing, she sits on the swing, she breaks the swing. And, you know, she feels like it's her. She internalizes the problem and says, it must be me. Um, and all of her friends are around. It's super embarrassing. And she says, you know, but actually, maybe it's the swing. What if we designed a better swing? And her friends, the, uh, two of them, say, I don't think we should do that. Kids love swings. We should just leave it just the way they are. And two of them say, you know what? Yeah, look at you. You're, you know, you're on the ground. This is awful. Let's let's think about it. So they come up with ideas like a bigger swing and maybe a more fun swing, one that has a timer so there's no fights when on the playground, one that has this gloppy seat so that it makes fart noises. And you know, the entire time, the three of them are coming up with ideas, and even one of their other friends kind of comes over. The um, there's a skunk who says, we can't do that. We can't do that. Uh, that's over budget. We can't do that. That doesn't meet the timeline. We can't do that. It's never been done before. We can't do that. Uh, I don't know if kids would like that. We can't do that. Somebody else has already done that. There's all these excuses that the skunk has. And the skunk gets really, really upset because everyone's not listening to him. They're just coming up with this prototype swing and get it, having so much fun. And he blows up and he says, you know, the swing broke because of Ava. She's just too big for the swing. And there's silence. And the friends look around and say, yeah, you're right. The swing broke because Ava sat on it. You think, we, you think that's okay. We don't. Um, and really, when things don't work, you have to use your mad and fix it. And that's what you know, the world, not being so black and white because you're a skunk, is all about. <laughs> wow. I wish you, I, I wish we were video. I wish we had video because you'd see me. I just, as you were talking, I just had this. My mouth was open. My eyes were really big. I was shaking my head. Um, so, I, I mean, obviously, that's not really a kid's story, right? No, it's not. That's an adult story. It's not. You're so smart, uh, Mona. You haven't you haven't done any consulting, have you? <laughs> it is it is a frustration that I have with the clients that you know, Susan. You and I have always worked with, where I see all this beauty and all this curiosity and wonder in them but it's all masked by this you know this belief that they can't do anything that their their organizations and all the red tape and their brand won't allow them to be creative and come up with new ideas that will make things easier for their customers and it just I've been doing this for a long time and it's getting to me uh and I <laughs> to give you know, from TEDx talks to reframe I'm just trying my best to use my voice to just get this to stop because I do think that oh, design. I, I just, I think I, that's just the the greatest story. <laughs> I, I I'm one. I'm wondering if, um, like, I'm sitting here trying to figure out which clients are the skunk. But I we won't go there. We don't yeah. have to go there. And, They're almost all of them, skunk. unfortunately, <laughs> and myself included. Right? Sometimes I do that. Like we had this great opportunity where Spencer, actually, who was on the podcast before. Um, is a dear friend of, of both of ours, and he had invited me to the White House for this awesome event. And so I told my son, I'm going to the White House. And he goes, I want to go. And I said, you can't go. He goes, ah, you said can't. <laughs> and so it's just really fascinating, the use of the word can't and how we throw it around with really no regard. And Did, and did you go to the White House? I did. I did. Spencer what? got me an awesome ticket. It was amazing. What were you doing at the White House? 
They did a um, essentially a South by Southwest at the White House, South by Southwest. Ah. And it was really um, inspiring to see how much innovation is trying to happen in government and the people who are trying to push it forward. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It was very, very cool. Yeah. So anyway, the kids have, have really taken to it. I've read it at my kids' schools and, you know, they get it. Um, and uh, of course, I want to make sure that people and organizations hear this message and understand that this isn't a way to be, you know, a skunk is not the way to be. So um, are <laughs> any of your corporate clients buying the, yes. the thing about Swim's yeah. book? Yeah. So I had a version that um, was all about the ideas because that's what I'm all about. And I have it and it just didn't feel right. So I didn't publish it because I didn't feel right. Uh, I just kind of printed a bunch of copies and gave it to friends. And this time I, I've updated it just actually this week where they're actually prototyping. So there is, you know, they, the orangutan and the two, the babarusas are actually creating the swing. And so you can see it. And this version feels better to me. It feels more in line with user-centered design. Uh, and so this is the one that I think I want to take to print. I um, would love to donate a, a chunk of this to charity. So I'm evaluating whether a publishing house will enable me to do what I want to do. Um, yeah. And so far, I'm not super happy with what I'm hearing. There, so, yeah. we've we've had uh, various run-ins with the with publishing houses recently. Yeah. They um, they basically cut all the fun out. Yeah. And they're bit. <laughs> Yep. You know, they're like, yeah, we're still staying in business, but, you know, uh, we had, um, we were shopping a book and uh, we kind of still are. So if you want, we have a, some good book ideas, but uh, we, a publisher actually reached out to us and they're like, hey, you know, we might be interested. Um, and they're like, well, what, what kind of your requirements? And they basically told us, well, we're going to take all of the revenue from the book mm-hmm. that you sell, but it's mm-hmm. a requirement that you, through all your like workshops and keynotes and stuff, sell like 10,000 copies a year. Like mm-hmm. we're not going to sell them. Like you have to sell them. I think it was like 20,000 copies in the first year. It was we like, had to, basically we had to buy $20,000 of books. <laughs> yeah. I just, and I, I was like, you but, know, I, and I said, we might be able to sell that many, but, you, I have to guarantee that I am going to buy that many. It was just the, like the weirdest conversation to me because you know I've, I've got a lot of books out yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. dealt with different publishers before. Exactly. I this was a new one on me. I yeah. yeah, I don't know. So, I would love to work with a publishing house who gets it, who wants to dedicate time, energy, and effort into the marketing because you know we want this to get out there. But if I feel like I'm doing all the work, I'm more than happy to do all the work. I just will then kind of structure a deal that makes more sense. Yeah, exactly. Publish it yourself. Exactly, exactly. And I do want, um, you know, I, I do want this to be linked to a cause that gets me to push it. You know, like I, I feel like when it's my book and it's like, hey, read my book. That's not what I'm all about, at least. I try not to be. It's much more buy this book because by buying it, we can solve this big problem. And that's what I'm, I'm looking to do with it. So have you identified the um, big problem you want to give I'm really close. To? I'm really close. Um, the leading contender I can talk about, it's uh, actually it's something that new, that's new that came to me this weekend. Um, it's just uh, I heard a story of somebody leaving a baby in a plastic bag in a dumpster and the baby died. And it was just, that's not okay. That's not okay. So right now that's the leading contender. Yeah. Well, I love the... Um... That's a that's that that book just sounds so great. I could I could imagine it as a you know little animated cartoon story too. Yeah, it's I know, you know me, video me too. with all the things that these animals can redesign, right? Just getting back to what we do from elevators to apps to you know products and services to stores to car dealerships. I mean, they could go now, everywhere. Jury so duty. I have I have a these animals yeah, I have a question. So if you were to personify um, the what what animal would be the uh, like the the COO who is pushing everything yeah. on a really really yeah, yeah. tight agile yeah. dev schedule? Yeah. Yeah, 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 no, actually, I do have personas. So the illustrator that I have, Thomas, he is amazing, and he's one of the designers here at Motivate, and he asked me, he goes, Mona, where are your personas? And I hadn't done them. 
at the beginning. <laughs> and I was like, for this? He's like, for everything, Mona. What are, you know? And so we sat down, we have personas. So Ava is obviously the designer. Um, you have Ash, who is the engineer who will be building things quickly. And he is very agile uh, and lean and, and very scrappy with what he's doing. There's Babarusa twins, which look like pigs, but they're not pigs. And later they'll get really annoyed for being profiled as something that they're not. In, an, in another series. Um, and uh, one of them um, is kind of the, the project manager who's, who's moving things along and helping things move forward. The other one is a bit more of a, I'm just gonna, actually doesn't even have a real job description, is kind of a, a slacker who's there and just taking up space and just saying no to a whole bunch of stuff. And then the, Kurt the skunk, it could be any role, right? It's the, it's the person who says we can't do that. So, and sometimes that's legal compliance, sometimes that's, or medical compliance, depending on the client. You know, sometimes that can be development, sometimes it can be a designer, unfortunately, who's saying, mm, we can't do that, we gotta move faster, quicker, better, you know, we've already tried that before, whatever the reason is that ideation isn't happening. What, did your kids like the book? You know, it, they did, the, it was, the reason I knew I was onto something is, um, so I told them the story as a bedtime story. Uh, and then they liked it so much they asked for it again. That's the first time they've ever done that. And they asked for a couple times. So I thought I would write it down as a keepsake, you know, something to give them when they're older. And I wrote it down and I shared it with people I worked with here. And they loved it. And one of the designers, Thomas, said, I can see Ava, you know, and I can see Kurt. And he kind of sketched it out. And then when I saw them, I said, this is a book. This is a book. Like, let's just, you know, and I just got obsessed. And it was, I worked on weekends and I just have these hits of, of I mean, the, the first story wasn't this. The first story was all these elephants. Susan knows me, so she's going to laugh probably at this. It was a lot of animals designing the entire playground. And so everything <laughs> was being redesigned, everything, like from monkey bars and swing sets and seesaws and everybody was designing everything. It was just a big, like, design sprint. And, uh, <laughs> and through the process of editing, we've ended up with an elephant <laughs> and a swing. <laughs> but that's not where we started. <laughs> uh... Yeah, yeah, I can I can yeah. believe that. That's so funny. Yeah. All it's, right. It's a great wow. I love I love I want I definitely want uh I will you know, I'd buy a bunch of copies of this book and Thank you. Uh, Thank you. send it to uh all my clients. I would love that. I, um and I I think we can support some really awesome charities as a result. Thank you. And and then we could do, you know, like you have on uh online you have you know which character are you you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love we that could, we could have a little quiz and based on your answers we'd say you know you're the skunk you know yeah, or... today you're being skunky for, for <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> and then we could have we you know me i'm just gonna go crazy with it we could have little hand puppets you know and then you could bring them to your meeting and put, put the i love that up. And then the I, hand puppet could say, we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hold on. I got to write that down. <laughs> so good. That is so good. I love uh, it. Yeah, that's basically it. Like, don't say that. And, and especially on things that can be done, you just are choosing not to. You know, take the no, ownership even, of like, we're choosing yeah. not to do that. And, and we're think, choosing to put ourselves over customers. Then just, just say it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and. You know, one of the things that I, I talk a lot about um, when I'm working with a client or in my courses, you know, there's all these just, uns there's all this stuff that's unspoken, you know, that just doesn't get said out loud. And, and it, sometimes it's because you don't even realize it's, hap you know, that it's an underlying assumption. Yeah. Or sometimes it's an assumption, but you don't want to bring it up and we just need to like bring all the stuff to the surface so um, you know if you're sitting there in a meeting and you're saying to yourself we can't do this right mm -hmm. just I, I would rather the skunks speak out so that yeah, me too. we have it on the table and we all can address why do, do mm. some people oh yeah but that's not gonna that happen Actually, you know, that's no, not no, true. No, no, it no, does no. happen. It no, totally well, happens. No, Guthrie, why okay. not? So you're sitting in the room, and <laughs> someone has an idea, and you think to yourself, mm -hmm. yeah, 
that can't happen because Jerry, my boss, like, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like is just, he's never going to be on board with this because he's, his ideas are antiquated and a mm-hmm. previous way of doing things that hasn't existed for 10 years. But yeah. no one, no one can say anything to Jerry because he's the boss and then you'll get on his bad side. And so no one ever says anything. And it's all about, it's all whole thing is about bad corporate culture and blah, blah, blah. No one tells the truth and there's no communication. So, you know, so that- what's really interesting is when we do our design thinking workshops, because of Reframe, which has the design thinking um, kind of process, but one of the steps is tell me all the reasons why this won't work. And we, we do make everyone list out all the reasons from Gary to the politics to nothing's ever changed to we make a lot of money the way things are to we don't need to change to we're number one. Why are we even doing this to we don't have enough creative people. All that stuff gets written down and then it maps to the excuse personas in the book. And we make them say, what are these? You know, what, these are excuses. So Gary is not the problem. Stop being a blamer. That's your problem. You know, uh, the, the politics of the company is not the problem. You're being a scaffolder. That's the problem you know the um gary hasn't changed in 10 years a you don't even know that but b it's your job to change him you work here they pay you money it like take the responsibility of it's my job to create things that make the world better you know whatever your company is whether it's an app for getting a job to a pharmaceutical company that has a pill that's coming out and the website needs to be clear enough for people to understand when and how to use the pill you know, take the job seriously. And I think, I guess that's why I'm so frustrated and why I create so many of these random things from UX hires and other company to this and that is, you know, we got to solve the problem. We have to take ownership over solving the problem. It's not Gary. Hmm. So, Guthrie, what this moment, I'm just reminded so much of, and I had, I had totally forgotten, you know, my, so Mona and I worked together at the same company for a number of years. I don't even yeah, know how many seven, years, Mona. Maybe five, seven years, something like yeah, that. Yeah, long time. Something yeah, like that. And I, I, I don't think I. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember. I like I and I. I was in like mid-level management, and so it was my job to take the messages coming from upper management <laughs> and then let everybody, you know, underneath me know what what was going on and where we were headed and what we we're going to be doing. And, you know, some sometimes these messages everyone was excited about and sometimes as happens in a company, uh, people were not excited about the messages. But it would always be true that when it came time for me to call Mona and talk to her about it, like everybody else might like grumble or complain if they didn't like it, or even if they thought it was okay, you know, they'd say, oh, okay. But I would get on the phone with Mona and instead of a 10 minute conversation, it would be like two hours because she would not just, you know, it was like, it, 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 it's not okay to just let it go. If it was a, if it's a bad idea, <laughs> why are we doing this? And it's like, well, you know, and she does very tenacious, just, you know, digs in. And uh, the problem is she was always right. That was like, <laughs> oh, no. always the problem because then it's like, ah, shoot. Okay, I got to I gotta go back up to the, you know, powers that be and push again, you know, because Mona's right and they're wrong. So... <laughs> You know what? Thank you for firstly, thank you for saying that because that tenacity gets me in a lot of trouble. A lot. A tenacity. lot. Of the good a lot. Yeah. You know, it, it gets me into trouble more times than not. But the times that it works, like with you, where you can, you know, really dig in and say, Well, why are we doing this? And why and why and why and why? And then what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? Here's, you know, here's the real problem we're trying to solve, and here are twenty solutions that are better than the one that we currently are dealing with. Yeah. That's the good stuff. That's what we're designed to do, you know, as as UX people, as design thinkers, as people who are supposed to be pushing our brands forward and offering more and more value to customers. I don't know. I take it really seriously. And, you know, it's interesting because I think the, the role, I think we as um, consultants, as design people, perhaps don't talk enough about tenacity. Hmm. As That's a, really insightful. Yeah. As a, you know, characteristic, right? I think about, 
uh, in all of the tra- online training that we have and I'll talk about or or even um, you know I've got a bunch of soft skill stuff that I think about a lot and write about sometimes about you know if you're going to be a designer here are some of the things you have to have right I mean you have to be resilient you have to uh, get have your ideas beaten down and and not give up yeah you have to mm-hmm. but I don't know that um I ever I actually talked about tenacity and I think that that's a that's a really um that's a really important one because it, there are so many forces on when you're on a project when you're designing something there's so many forces that uh can work against uh, in innovation, you know, it's, um, that's so awesome, firstly, and then so insightful. The other thing that that brought up for me, you know, there's people say like how you take feedback, which, um, to me is, too, is not actually quite it. It's how, what did you hear when someone told you that something wasn't good? Uh, because myself included part of what I struggle with, I know is I take it really personally, mm. you know? So if someone says like, this 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 deck that you've created the flow is all off i don't even know how you would have presented it this way like it doesn't make any sense to me somehow i so the translation that skill i've heard mona you're a failure and you don't know what you're doing like somehow that's what i heard you know and it is uh it's really important to catch that and say no that's not what the person just said the person said a couple slides need to be deleted and a couple slides need to be redone you know but it, it on a stressful day Sometimes I know my thing is I take it too personally and I'm really sensitive. Um, other people have other reasons, but you know, how do you translate a really critical piece of feedback? You know, do you yeah. shut down? Do you get aggressive? Do you, right. you know, blame yourself? Like I just did, you know, what or do you blame other people like Gary? Right? <laughs> it's like, what happens at that moment? Yeah. I think that, that makes or breaks a designer. Yeah, I think, you know, that's, okay, now, now I'm, I'm going to steal that idea. Because, um, well, I'm doing, I'm doing a talk in, um, in Toronto in November on the, the um, connection between designing micro moments and uh, the idea of mindfulness. Oh uh, my God. So one of the things I do when I'm not um, doing our, our behavioral science work and um, is uh, I teach mindfulness meditation and mm-hmm. so and you know mindfulness Guthrie and I were out at uh, speaking last April at um, near AL's Habit Summit and everyone there was talking you know it's like er, people kept using the term mindfulness and I was and I said to Guthrie oh I didn't realize this was such a big thing in design it's circles it is. and uh, so then I added that you know, micro moments and mindfulness to our, um, list of keynote topics. And, and it got picked up right away by, by, uh, the, this group in Toronto. So that's the talk I'm going to give. And I haven't given this talk, so it's brand new and I'm working on putting it together. But I think what you just said is, you know, that so true about, about getting feedback, you know, there's, um, one of the things we teach in, in mindfulness meditation is that, there's these, there are these, um, these moments when, uh, for instance, if we think about physical pain, okay, like, mm-hmm. you know, your back hurts or something hurts. And uh, there's a, there's this little moment when there's one, there's actually two parts of the brain that, that uh, recognize pain. And so first, the first part of the brain uh, recognizes that there is pain, but does not evaluate or judge the pain, just um, that there is pain and where the pain is located. And then there's a different part of the brain that evaluates the pain and decides, you know, how bad is it and how much is this disturbing what I'm doing and what should I do about it, right? And so you have this tiny, tiny little split second between the... um, uh, observance of the pain by one part of the brain and the evaluation of the pain by the other. And, and I think that's a, a, a wonderful, uh, I mean, it's real, but it's also a metaphor for, uh, everything, right? Yes. So yeah. you have this feedback that comes in, 
right? You are About so whatever. Which right now, yes, yes. Just the feedback. And if you can, now what happens is we, we very quickly jump to hearing the feedback and then evaluating the feedback and mm-hmm. having the emotional reaction. And if you can just if you can learn, which, mm-hmm. which you know, is what we do in, in the mindfulness meditation sessions that we teach, if you can learn to just catch that moment in between, yeah. That's right? It. Uh, That's and then it. You, can kind, you can often, not always, but you can often uh, not go to the judgment part, which means you can just listen to the feedback and go, you know, and then essentially go, huh, that's, that's interesting, right? <laughs> that, that they would say that. And I wonder why they're saying that. And I wonder, you know, what's the point of view they have that makes them feel that, you that know, way. yeah, or that exactly. Now, that's Guthrie, what working on. I should have warned awesome. you, uh, we should have warned you that Mona and I just both talk a mile a minute. And <laughs> are you still there, Guthrie? We're not sure you can. I'm hanging out. Okay. <laughs> But um, yeah, that's that's. Uh, I, love I, that. I think that that's that that's really uh, really smart, and the and the reframe book sounds great as well. And I think you know if you're doing, have you found Mona that because now you have your own company, you know, you're not working for someone else, mm-hmm. are you able then to work with clients that, um, you know, because there's some clients that would appreciate the tenacity that would appreciate you know the the uh the design thinking uh uh mindset mm-hmm. uh you know frame um and then there's other clients that are like uh you know we do, we do not want to investigate truth yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know can we just please redesign the screen to uh, get be able to click this button and not go into anything else. So um, have you found that, you know, you've been able to uh, buy just by the, the type of work you do uh, attract, you know, the, the yeah. clients who, who want to, to do the deep work and, and the, yeah. and kind of just uh, be invisible to the clients who don't, you know, I'm just realizing how grateful I am and need to continue to be because yeah, you know, uh, this, the clients that are like, just shut up and make me a button. Honestly, I I think they go more to, to agencies and organizations that have a development arm, you know, where it's build it, hurry up and build it, put the button where it needs to be and just build it. And since we do mainly that deep truth seeking through research and then high level design concepts and wireframes, I think most of our clients want us to think. Um, I am not client facing, which is really that took a long time for me to be okay. You're with. not client facing anymore. I'm not. Because it used to be, right? I know. Yeah. I. I mean, I. I was pretty much on every client until um, I came back from maternity leave four years ago after my second child. Yeah. And at that point, clients had met some of the people on the team, loved the people on the team. And everything was going smoothly. So I said, well, I don't know why I'd have to insert myself back in. You know, the clients seem to be happy. The staff needs to be happy. So for the last four years, I've been really just, um, you know, I I do some of the upfront kind of what can we do for you type of conversations. But mainly it's what are we here to do? You know, who who do we hire? And um, writing reframe and writing the thing about swings and speaking a lot at conferences and and motivating this team to do things the motivate way, you know, and, and that's been my job and it's been, it's been really great. It also allows me to have some work life balance, you know, be able to get home and not work weekends. And, and I think that's been really helpful too. I, I feel like it was just time, I think in my career to just pass the baton from doing the client work. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I just kind of woke up and said, I want to do something else. Yeah. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to change the conversation. Can I do that? Always. All right. So, you know, the, our our podcast is about um, people and technology, and so I'm wondering if you've, uh, and I know this may not be, you know, part of what you do as your, as your, uh, as your job mm-hmm. um, with your company, but I, I'm wondering if you've been thinking about 
um, about this intersection between people and technology. And if you have like, uh, like dreams about, uh, and I don't mean literal dreams while you're sleeping, but you know, uh, yeah. uh, dreams while you're waking of, you know, how you wish, uh, some technology would change or what, yeah. what you're excited about yes. in terms of people and technology moving forward in the future. You know, um, I think it's my UX training, but I almost always am thinking about journeys and scenarios and where technology could improve the experience. What, what, uh, all right, say, say more. What do you mean? So I was a jury, jury duty last week. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, you know, cause I just, it was really inefficient. So inefficient that it made my blood feel a different temperature. You know, it was just, <laughs> I, I really, it was you know, I now, did you there. get put on a trial? I got put on a trial, but I wasn't selected as a juror. Um, and so it was, a, you know, a good chunk of time. Did that... they interview you? Mm-hmm. Did you like it ask a, a million questions? I didn't know. Is that, you know, I was the answerer, if you will. But there, I know that we can make that process more efficient. But I... see, that's mm-hmm. just it. Mm-hmm. So I went to law school. Okay. I know. I, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, of course you can make the process more efficient. Yes. If you look at any kind of government system that's mm-hmm. run by, uh, that's governed by a series of laws and regulations. Okay. There's always a way to make it better. Yes. But what's the but, Desiree? It is isn't possible to do because it requires getting a new law passed by the legislature to simplify the requirements mm-hmm. that's that, which is a which is that. a herculean <laughs> task it sounds a lot like we can't do that <laughs> guthrie it's, you're a skunk i yeah it's not, I am. it's not possible it is absolutely not impossible impossible i don't even know what's impossible but that's not impossible Right? Yes, I. Um, yes, but, you but Herculean. It's Herculean, yeah. So is like curing world hunger. It's Herculean, but somebody's got to do it. Yeah, but it's like easier to do because, like, if if you want to cure, it's easier to cure world hunger than fix the jury selection process. It might. Yes, be. yes, because when it comes to, <laughs> I don't think so. No, no, no. It it really it really does. Because so so if you want to fix world hunger, you can do that. All you need is you need to, you can get a group of people together and you can start a movement and you can just kind of do it. So what it, if you're a senator or a congressperson? Can't you get a, pe- a bunch of people together, maybe the ones that are in the room that you're in and get them to do that? It's hard because you have to of because instead of well, so in, so if with the world hunger thing, it's it's simply a some someone needs to do it. But this is. We have to stop what everyone is doing and mm-hmm. have them change everything. Mm-hmm. And it has to be both the state legislature has to rewrite it. It mm-hmm. has to fit in within the laws of the Constitution, unless you want to change that, which requires the buy-in of all Americans. And then you would need also the uh, rules for each um, court to mm-hmm. be able to change. So you need mm-hmm. all the, the Supreme Courts in every state on board, as well as the circuit courts in each county. Yeah. Um, and to me, you laid out an awesome game plan. Yes. So yeah. The so, person who has the passion to do yes. this. Like, so, but that is a much... That's what needs to be done. So it's, but, but instead of just doing it, you have to mm-hmm. coordinate these yeah. very curmudgeon groups of people who yes. are far too busy to do what they're even doing on their own so that is that is that's why it's a more difficult problem because i mean i don't think it's easy i just don't care if it's difficult i guess you know like it's it's not my it's not my passion area so i wouldn't probably take this cause on there's other causes that i feel passionate about that are equal or less or more doesn't really matter right they're hard too but so what? Like, that's what, I don't know, what problem are we solving with all this design thinking skill if it's not these kinds of problems? But like, then, but see, see, and hold on, we're not done yet. Because one of the reasons that things are so difficult 
I, in when it comes to lawsuits most of the time is because it's the in the interest of one of the parties to make things slow and difficult mm-hmm. and boring mm-hmm. and make the process horrible so that no one wants to do it. That's the whole yeah. point of our adversarial process. So yeah. you would have to change the incentives so that yeah. being slow and overwhelming the smaller side, quote unquote, with paperwork yeah. and this and yeah. that doesn't create wins. So now yeah. you have to change basically the entire legal system that we've had since like 1630, which is based on like the like the British system. So it's it's really a dismantling of the entire legal system Whoa. in order to change See, I, this. It is I a tough... So. No, I, well, no, I, no, said, no. I said it was a Herculean no, problem. I was not no. kidding. No, I think this you're scaffolding. And when you read the book, you'll understand what I'm saying. Okay. Because you could, what we could have done is just create an app that would ring, that would force me to come back. And so if I was in jury duty, which I was in Tribeca, and I sat in a room for four hours... All I needed to do is give them my cell phone number and just like a restaurant, they could text me and I need to come back in 15 minutes because I was picked for a trial. We could have just done that, but we instead spent five minutes talking about the entire legal process, which is not what I said needed to change. What I need, what I said is jury duty was annoying last week. And so this is, this is the problem is that, you know, we can blow it up. And I think all those things by you said, by the way, what you said on, you know, what needs to be improved absolutely does need to be improved. But we can also start with something really small, like a, the, the exact same technology, since we're talking about technology, that's used in restaurants where when you go and you say, hey, I want a reservation, they say, great, we'll text you when something opens up. Use that. It's, hmm. But what if people don't then don't show up? Then you sit in the room. Why would, I mean, you can arrange for that to be the case where they show up. And just right now, by the way, there is a paper sign-in sheet, which is killing trees, that you have to put <laughs> your name down and you can leave for 15-minute intervals. So that could happen now. That's not, it's a non-problem in my language because it's, it's happening now. So, and it's not even a problem I'm solving for. The, uh, the, uh, the legal community is um, notoriously curmudgeon-y. The, uh, I've worked a lot of legal tech. They're not. Like, this is what I mean. These are all excuses. Oh, yeah, and no, they're, they're definitely but excuses. Like, no, they're not. There's some amazing lawyers and there's some amazing legal tech companies out there that are just crushing it, really so. trying to make this change. So if you go down to like, I mean, this might have changed, but when I was in law school and you, you went down to Cook County and you need to look up records, all the record systems, first of all, it's, it's, it's not online. You have to mm-hmm. go down to the building. You have that nice... Um, character user interface that you use like there's not like there's not even a graphic user interface to look up court records it's it's really um i mean it, it needs to be redesigned yeah you know how donald trump uh <laughs> whoa well no no no. Oh, wait, no, wait no no so donald oh. donald trump Uh-oh. notoriously would uh does not use email so if he gets an email he would have his secretary print it out and then he would he would write a note on the print, printed out paper and give it back to the secretary to send it back. Yeah. He, and I don't know if that's true, but that 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 does. I don't know if we should talk about stuff that we don't know if it's true. Well, <laughs> you know, but, I, I don't know. But if that's that true is either. a that is an allegory. You know, it's just the how how are you gonna? It, it's just it's just tough to convince a judge who has been using this paper record system for forty years. I just don't think you know all judges and not all of them have been using paper record systems for 40 years. This is exactly what people said about doctors and offices and many of them are now digital. It is totally possible. It just, it requires some hard work. You have to roll up your sleeves. You're just a glass half full kind of gal, aren't you? I am not. Well, I am. But I'm, I'm just like, I have lots of glasses and they're all full. So yeah, who wants my glasses? She's not the glass half full. She's the smash the glass. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I am the person. Yeah, Mona's like a a a force to be reckoned with. I probably should have warned you about that. That's good. That's good. I like I I like the I like the positivity. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. It's we have to we have to. There's a lot of jury duty is probably not one that I I would say are the you know the the top hundred on my mind, but it just happened last week, and I have a bad memory, so I usually pick things from seven days ago. But I wonder, too, if it's um, 
Sometimes I wonder, you, you know the theory, and, and I guess I've heard mixed things about the research on this, and Mona, I don't know, or, or Guthrie, I don't know if either of you are up on the latest research on it, but there, there's that research, it even has a name that I can't remember, uh, about the idea that if you let, you know, like if you have a neighborhood and, and you you don't let, and it's and you're afraid it's going to, you know, go downhill, and so you don't let any, you know, the, there can be, if a window's broken, it has to be repaired right, right away. Uh, you, the idea being that, the, you know, the when things start to go downhill, when people notice um, disintegration, okay. then it goes, it just ha- starts happening faster and faster. What's the name of that? There's a name for that. Well, I mean, when it comes to crime, is broken window Yeah, isn't that, is that's what it's called. Yeah, so I yeah. don't know. I don't know if that's still popular or if that even turned out to be true. But I sometimes I wonder with things like like what you just said, what you guys were just talking about, if you know, if we could implement a few things, and this is just me, yeah. this is my personality, right? It's like, oh, let's just change a few things. If you could implement a few things that wouldn't be too hard and wouldn't run into the legal system um, too much, you know, because it is true. It is true that the procedures for uh, how jury duty happens are different everywhere. It's, it, and they change all the time. So that I don't know, Guthrie, what the laws are about that, but you know, the, each, it, as far as I can tell, every district has their own procedures for how you're called, you know, if you're called up, whether you come in right away or whether you have to sit around or whether they tell you know sometimes they they some of them you call in uh, at the beginning of the week and they tell you if you're uh, if you're on call sometimes you're on call for a month I mean it's it seems to be different everywhere and it seems to change a lot so I think there's some there's some kind of leeway there but I'm I'm just wondering if we could find the places in our public lives like this our legal public lives where there was discretion and where we could put in something new and and we just did it if it would start to break down this impression that many of us have that you know nothing's going to change nothing can be changed it can't be modernized it costs too much money it's too much work there's too much legal and i'm sure that all of those things are true for me- much of it but there's probably stuff that could be fixed and i wonder if you fixed and changed the things that you can whether that would start to change this, you know, kind of snowball mindset of, you know, it's all too complicated, nothing can be changed or fixed. You know, that's a really probably uh, full circle statement. I love what you just said. It's basically the thing about swings. You know, I didn't play with the playground. I didn't change kids. I didn't, you know, I didn't really blow anything up. It was just, it didn't work for one person. That one person got mad enough to make a difference. And can it be improved? Yes. Does it fix everything? No. I bet you there's a lot of low-hanging fruit when it comes to... So because uh, when you... So so states and local governments fund the courts, right? So the court reporter and the buildings and the Mm -hmm. filing systems and all that stuff. Um, And they have been notoriously horribly underfunded for forever. That's why, you know, if you get a, you know, each each public defender has like you know, 200 cases a day or whatever ridiculous number it is. Um, because, you know, when the budget gets tight, they, they're looking for places to cut and no one really seems to care if they cut from the legal department. So they just continue to cut that. So it's been horribly neglected in a lot of jurisdictions for a very long time. Um, and I bet you, I bet you there's, there's a lot of, you, you just, but on the, on the same side of the coin, it, it is not a issue that people outside the legal community seem to be particularly, you know, where's the, there are a couple Silicon Valley startups to, uh, milk money from law firms because they're just, they, they're so incredibly wasteful, but I'm not sure if there's the whole, like, uh, we're going to start like the, uh, What's what's the loan thing where the loans at Kiva is that is that what it is? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. right? Like, where's the Kiva for jury or... duty? It's just not. It doesn't seem to be, at least at the moment, a hot, sexy topic. But perhaps in this new era of um, public attention being focused on 
police reform, criminal reform, the criminal justice system, maybe there is a little bit more uh, energy in the rocket. I don't know, Guthrie. You know, uh, maybe maybe you should work on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I'm an ideas man. Law degree. I have ideas. <laughs> I, I need connections <laughs> and rich people to support my cause. You actually don't. You don't. You know, you need a, a, a really awesome vision and a really great articulation of it. And actually, that's one part. And then you keep going and keep going. And the money honestly does show up. You know, it's, it does. I, um, I had a vision that I was going to really wanted to make my passion. And I never spent any effort on it. In the, so in the United States, there is each legal case is kind of summed up in some way. There is no standard across the United States for legal cases when it comes to organizing them. So there's a company called Westlaw, and there's a couple different companies. And every case that happens, Westlaw, a commercial company, yep. makes a book and they put the case in the book and it gets a Westlaw number. But different but then there's different companies, blah blah blah. There is yep. no like social security number for a case in the United States, which is completely ridiculous. Because you should be able to cite to any case based on its its serial number, essentially. Yeah. And it's Mm -hmm. not hard to do. You know, the first part of the number is the state. The second part is the district court. The third part is the year. The fourth part is the... Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. And it doesn't exist in the legal community. And so I was like, you know, I should make it my passion to create this, to standardize and simplify the process and have a uniform... uh, you know, ISBN number, except it'd be like ICBN. No, I, I, and anyways, I, I don't, I forget what the acronym is. And that would have been perfect. And then I looked at the mountain that was in front of me and I was like, nope, I'm going to, I'm going to walk away from this. And uh, that's, you know, that's, that's kind of that. So that's my sad story about <laughs> me not doing anything. That's very sad, Catherine. That is sad. We we want you to pick something, Guthrie, and do it. I, I'm an ideas guy. So am I. <laughs> so am I. But that doesn't that has nothing to do with doing something. Well, because you're you're also uh, an action person. I I became an action person. You know. Hmm. You weren't always an action person. No. No, not at all. I was super shy. I used to hide behind my mom's leg. And okay, my... Mona, I, that I find very hard to You believe. can talk to my mom. Talk, I, like, would not go with her. I was super shy. And I just, you, I don't know. It was, um, it, that's empty and it's meaningless and it's, you know, you feel lonely and you, you realize I got to put myself out there. So when did you become not a shy person? Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't one day. It was very, very gradual from, you know, middle school, I'd say high school is when I started. I, I still have some of those friends and they, they gave me some confidence, you know, to speak my voice and then college got even more and then grad school got even more and then working, you know, with you and feeling supported, I got even more. And then it was entrepreneurship, honestly, that just, that's probably the, the Mm. switch that was like, figure it out, girl. You know, like you want people to work for you. You want people to, you know, get aligned with your vision and trust you, you know, with their with their rent and with their mortgage and with their kids, you know, soccer camps and so on. Get it together and show up for them. And it was it was really that it was it got through. It was not like, hey, I'm already like this. It was I found the need to be like this. I don't know if that helps, but I hope Mm. it does. Mm. I think a lot of people they they, I I think, I think the thing is is that I don't know how independent of a person you are. I'm kind of independent, but really I need like, a team to feed off of. I really want you to read Reframe. <laughs> I really do, because you don't, you don't. I started this company as one. You don't like all these things that you think you need or like are are necessary to make a change. You know, like from blowing up the entire legal system to a team, you don't need any of it. You will, but mm. you know, to use them as excuses to not do something is where we all get stuck. And this is why there are many skunks, and all of us, myself included, are skunky at times. 
I should just change my name. I should just change this podcast to the Skunk Cast. <laughs> Wait, definitely name this one. If it was the Skunk Cast, what then? Then why? It's me mean? being a curmudgeon on my hill, yelling skunky uh, things at people. That's we kind of you, you know. We still love you, and we want awesome things for you. That is kind of. <laughs> Well, that's interesting. You know, in all honesty, though, I think that's Mm. one of the reasons that, um, yes, it's interesting, right? It's one of the, when you have a, you know, the whole entrepreneurship thing is so interesting, right? I mean, Mona, you and I both. Crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. And, and, uh, so, you know, I, I mean, our company is even smaller than your company. So, what works, it's interesting that I think Guthrie's skunkish tendencies um, actually work well in our company because I, I'm i kind of the opposite, right? I'm like, why don't we do this? And why don't we do this? And we could do that. And we could do this. and I, Which means I'm off in like 27 directions at the same time, which is not great for business. And so, you know, Guthrie's the one that kind of pulls me back and and you know, slows me down a little bit, but because I'm that way, he can't slow me down. Yeah. It doesn't put a lid on it. It just, it just helps focus me. So I actually, um, Guthrie, I do encourage you to, to read the book reframe and to explore your, your non, uh, skunkish features. Um, but I appreciate the skunkiness and, uh, it, it, it does me a lot of good, but, <laughs> but it's true. You know, you, you, it's, it's really true. Like, like, you know, it would be, there's so many things that, you know, it would be better if we had a team to work on it, you know, or it'd be easier, uh, or it might be more fun, but in the absence of having one, you know, I'm like, I'm just going to go do it. Hey, Mona, you know? I have a question you for know, you. You know, it's funny. Oh yeah. Go ahead. So, okay. So, like, I'm sure there are 45,000 different things you could do, right? You could make an yes. app with a yeah. decimal clock, mm-hmm. which is what I was working on this morning, by the way. Mm-hmm. Nice. Because I want, I want to, by the way, I want everyone to use decimal time. It's a superior timekeeping system, and you just use centa hours. So. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, you know, but like, but so like at any given time, if I was, if, if I was, uh, like, how do you how do you pick which yeah. one to do? Because you you can't do. I mean, so let's just say let's just pick like the the law uh, no, serial it, number it. example. Yeah. it would take more effort than I could ever possibly pour in, um, and that's just one thing. So how do you pick? Yeah, which that's one to question. dedicate? So I, I, let me do this. Let me take you through the eight steps, right? Because that might help. So the first is all about like define the problem so that we don't get into this. Like, are we blowing up the entire legal system or are we just making it more efficient for my jury time? You know, my three days that I'm dedicating, uh, really getting more out of it, right? Okay. So we can figure out what the problem is. This, narrowed the, your scope. Yeah. Second is um, a lot of empathy around what this experience is like so that we really have a 3D picture of the problem we're solving. So empathy maps, problem empathy maps, which is all in the book. The third is you ask all these what if questions. And that's where you come up with the 45 ideas, let's say, that you that we come up with. Um, and then it, the rest of the steps are all about bringing it back down. So from there, there's something called funnel vision, which is you take your 45 um, ideas and you there's a set of questions that filter out the good ideas from the great ideas from the bad ideas. And you end up with probably only five or six. Um, you know, usually it's at most 10. Then there's a matrix, this how wow matrix, which is how hard is it this, how hard is this to do and how much wow factor would this idea have? And you plot the ideas there and that that leads you to even fewer ideas. And then there's actually prototyping and kind of seeing what would this be? How would this work? What did we not understand or know about these ideas moving forward? And that's how you kind of land on one or two really good ideas that you can move forward into a full product sprint. And so there's an entire process around this. It's, you know, it's definitely not like jury duty, let's just fix it. There's eight steps that take you from whatever your problem is to whatever the solution is. And, and that's where, that's why I wrote that book. To be really honest, I started to feel really selfish because I, you know, 
many, many design thinkers have figured it out, myself included. And so we know how to do it. And a lot of startups in, in legal tech or a lawyer who is really passionate and doesn't have legal um, design background is the person we need to ignite, you know, is the person that says, I know the problem. I have no idea how to solve it. And that's what this book is about. It's about solving those kinds of problems that are important to you, whether it's a laundromat that you own that you need to fix, which was a couple friend of mine. And that's what's in the book to an app to um, decimal time. And, you know, really starting to figure that out. It's like, what's the thing that you care about? Well, here's the process that takes you there. One thing about the team, though, I also want to mention is that in the workshops, you know, people are allowed to go and work on whatever um, solution calls to them. So we basically put them all up on the wall around the whole room and say, go to the one that inspires you. And I mean, pretty much all the time, that's not equally distributed. So one idea might have 10 people. Another idea might have 10 people. The next idea might have one person. The next idea might have three people. And the last idea might have four people, right? That That's what it comes out to be. And that's like real companies. Sometimes you have a lot of resources and you spend a lot of time talking. Other times you have fewer resources. And so you don't have all the ideas and all the hands, but you got stuff done. So, you know, you, you, the workshop also kind of brings that to light of it, it's not a pro or con to have a lot of people on your team. It's not a pro or con to have money sometimes because some of the best ideas come with uh, a scarcity of money where you just have to figure it out with, with not many resources. And, um, and that starts to come to life that all these things were just excuses. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Cool. I'm glad. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, makes sense. So, Guthrie, we're going to expect to hear from you soon. <laughs> yes. About which which of the uh, issues you decided to tackle. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on, I'll work on my I'll work on my app. I'll work on my decimal time app. All That's right. I have Yay. Over. We got it. That's Start awesome. On a decimal app. Awesome. Yeah, I want to actually, Guthrie, we should, uh, maybe one of our podcasts, we can talk about the decimal time, because I don't, I don't know a lot about that, hmm. so I, I'd kind of like to know about that. The, uh, f fun fact, uh, Napoleon instituted it, uh, in France for like a decade. And there's, really? And there's a bunch of interesting, yeah, it's a, it's a very simple. Um, currently our time is structured, not days, don't, don't worry about days, because this, but, but our time is structured on the Babylonian base 60. Yes. Right? 60 Actually, seconds I in a minute. That. Yeah. 60 minutes in an hour. Yeah. And then 24 hours in a day. Yeah. Which is stupid. There's yeah. no reason for that to be the case. And so what they came up with was a SI basically unit of time. Well, it's not a unit of time, but it's it's a, you know, standard system where instead of 24 hours a day, there are 10 hours in a day and there are 100 minutes in an hour. Very simple. And uh, the convenient part about that is that let's say the time, let's say it's hour four minute, uh -huh. minute, you know, so if it's hour four, the day is exactly 40% over. So, you know, so there's an actual meaning to the That's hour. Cool. It's That's like cool. how much of the day has passed. And so if, if you go, if you work from like, uh, from like hour four to, to like, so the problem people run into is, let's say you've, you've worked in our normal time from 4.40 to 5.25. How many hours have you worked? Well, you have to figure out how many minutes that is and then figure out what percent of an hour those minutes are. It's, it's very confusing. If you use decimal time, you just subtract the two and that's what percentage of the day you've worked. Mm. So, it's, so it's really simple if you're doing timekeeping. Oh, that kind of stuff. So that's my, that's, my, that's my decimal time pitch. I, I, all right, all right, good. We're gonna, we're gonna, I, we're gonna explore that. Maybe we'll take it through. If there are any uh, Android devs out reason. there who want to help me, uh, I've the the app kind of works, but I'm having trouble with the widget. For there Android. we go. I, I bet Email we, me. I bet we have some. So so, uh, what do you need, Guthrie? You need somebody who's. Okay, uh, I've done some minor dev work in my day. I went yeah. to law school. Okay, I, like I, I'm not. You know, I didn't get a, a graduate degree in computer science. I haven't worked for a profession, you know, in a professional capacity. Yeah. So there's just dumb mistakes that I'm making that the, just 
in you the know Android that app. that if you were anyone who knew what they were doing, good fix. All right. In so a any Android uh, app developers who would like to help Guthrie out on his uh, what's it called decimal time? Yeah, yeah. Android it's app. Just a clock. Uh, it, um, and Guthrie, where can they email us about this? Info at the teamw.com. All right. Now, Mona, this yeah. has been so much fun. I I'm think I so had a much blast. coming on with us. Can you tell us if people want to get hold of you, if they want, you know, they're interested in the reframe book, they're yeah. interested in the thing about Swing's book, or they're interested in hiring your uh, some of the staff from your company to help them yeah. and uh, service their skunks. Uh, where can they get hold of you? Yes, absolutely. So you can buy Reframe, Shift the Way You Work, Innovate, and Think on Amazon. And everything else from buying a bulk, I hope, of these children's books to working with us on design thinking workshops, you can contact me directly. It's Mona, M-O-N-A, at MotivateDesign.com. All right. Uh, it was great. It was great talking you to you. You are great. Both of and, you are great. Thank uh, you. I really... Uh, look forward we'll we'll start spreading your reframe book around some more Thank and you. then i'm looking forward to the uh the thing about swings when it when yeah. it's available yeah mona if Thanks. there's anything you ever want to plug just you can be on the podcast whenever it's, thank you so much and i i may yeah. take you up on the offer on the publishers that would be a good exercise for me just to see if there's anybody who actually wants to do what i want to do with it or if i just make a decision to self-publish that would be great yeah yeah cool all right. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, uh, bye, guys. All right. Thanks, bye. everyone. Bye.